Welcome to The Sound Architect. I have the lovely Reva Taylor here. Thanks very much for joining us. No problem at all. And uh, we're going to have a little chat about what Reva's up to and what's coming up for her in 2015. So before we dive into anything else, tell us about how your singing career began and how the change went from Becky to Reva. Gosh, um, well, my career started when I was was young, very young, actually. Um, I guess I could go as far back as being seven years old when wow. um, I, I auditioned for Les Miserables and uh, luckily got a part. And that was really my first taste of what, what it felt like to be, a, I suppose, a professional performer, um, singer. Um, and it made me fall in love with the arts. Um, so really, I just continued to sing kind of develop, hone my craft. And uh, by the age of 12, um, it's an interesting story, actually, Charlotte Church had just kind of been been launched. And I would sing at the local church and at weddings, <laughs> things like that. And people kept coming up to my parents and saying, you know what, have you seen that girl? You know, she's a bit like your daughter, actually. Well, you should send off a tape to a record label, you know, you never know what might happen. Um, so um, my dad got me down in the studio uh, just locally, a horrible place, but we won't say who that is then. You know what I was doing, yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, sent sent the songs off to a label. Um, well, the rest they say is history, really. Uh, EMI got in touch with us and um, yeah, wanted to wanted to sign me. So wow. I was really lucky, actually. I was lucky that there was that opportunity out there at that point because all the other labels were looking for the next kind of young girl that could. Right kind of fill the shoes of Charlotte but um I mean my stuff was very different to that anyway it was it was less classical um so yeah and then I, I spent uh sort of all of my young and into teen life um with EMI I was, I was uh, also in full-time education as well so it kind oh, wow. of made interesting childhood really yeah, a bit of a juggle. Um, exactly completely it was like two separate lives um so I mean, the schools that I went to were really fantastic and understanding, and I, I did have to come out of school a little bit and travel and things, but um, always kept on top of the work. And and yeah, well, I was Becky Jane Taylor all during this time, um, and took myself off to university at uh, the age of 17, um, for various reasons, really. It was something I always wanted to do, um, kind of parents advised that I, I should go then if I was going to go at all yeah um and as an artist I wasn't really sure of what I, I wanted to do and where I wanted to go you know I had always been this this young girl and been sort of spoon-fed material and kind of advised what to wear and things and I just yeah. took it I didn't really have an identity but I I guess as you grow by the age of 18 I was you know becoming a, a young woman and I had my own ideas and I was like, you know what, I don't really know if I want to kind of do all the stuff that I've been doing and I kind of need to find myself. So went off for a short time and studied uh, history at Durham, came out the other side um, and then it was kind of back to the studio development and it's taken a long time. It's taken a good few years to kind of find that right sound um, and the kind of right brand. And so I, I moved actually, funnily enough, from Becky Jane Taylor. We tried out Rebecca Jane for a little while. Okay. About 10 months, I was Rebecca Jane. <laughs> um, and you know what? I didn't feel like me. <laughs> um, I did a bit of live performing under the name Rebecca Jane, but you know, there was, was more studio work. So it wasn't as though people kind of knew too much about the change. Right. Um, 
And it was actually a member of the team uh, said, I've been thinking, been thinking about your name and suggested Reva. And Reva, and I knew this anyway, Reva and Reba are actually Rebecca. They're the Hebrew uh, versions. So Uh, it just worked. So I was back to kind of Becky Taylor again, you know, but more mature version, Reva Taylor. And I loved it as soon as someone said Reva. So um, it feels like me and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with where I am and what I am right now. <laughs> Fantastic. So it took a while, but you found yourself and found the That's right you. That. Yeah, a long-winded way of saying that, really. <laughs> <laughs> well, the long-winded way is a lot better. <laughs> so as Reva Taylor, you released a single for the video game Assassin's Creed Unity, didn't you? Yeah, it was, um, I mean, we were fantastic, fantastically um, lucky to have Ubisoft endorse it. And um, it was released in conjunction with the release of their new game. And I showcased it for the first time on the Video Games Live World Tour before Christmas. And actually for the first time in the Hammersmith Apollo. Wow. uh, Which was really cool, actually, (laughs) because it was uh, the first time I performed there. And obviously London's like my hometown. So it was. It was a, a real kind of a memorable experience, um, but the whole tour was um, with a great group of guys, fantastic team. Um, Tommy, who I mean, yeah. you've seen them. T- Tommy is great, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, he's just full of energy, and and obviously you can see that when they're on the stage, but they're also the same <laughs> behind the scenes as well. So it was just, yeah, it was a really a great, great production to be a part of. So how did you get involved with the live tour? Was it because of the Creed? Did uh, Ubisoft kind of help you get involved with them or did Tommy it approach actually, you? It was, um, I'd known of Tommy Tallarico because I've spent quite a lot of time out in Los Angeles, which is okay. where he lives. Um, and my management are very closely connected with um, a lot of very well-known sort of film composers and, and things like, and people like that. And, um we were having a meeting with with um, one of these guys and they know Tommy and uh, we told them what we were doing with this track, um, which was the Creed. And they said, well, you should definitely get in touch. And we did. And, and Tommy said, you know, come along, come along on the ride. Fantastic. Um, so it was really as kind of easy as that. And um, yeah, as I said, it was a, a really, really um, great kind of door to have opened for me. Yeah, and then you were straight into the Hammersmith Apollo. Exactly. Marched straight onto that stage. <laughs> How was <laughs> that? Yeah, no, it was cool. Yeah, really cool. Um, yeah, I'd only ever been there once before. I watched Dire Straits, actually. Oh, fantastic. Uh, I, mean, I know, it was great. Um, but never on the stage, so it was it's sort of, you know, a tick in the box. <laughs> <laughs> so is it your best one so far, best performance you've been at or that you've made? Sorry, um, best 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 place to perform, should I say? Was that? I was very, very spoiled because my debut um, and my kind of launch when I first signed to EMI was um, uh, performing at a, do you remember the foot and mouth crisis? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so there was a big charity function and they put on for that, um, or charity do I, a uh, charity concert um, at the Royal Albert Hall. And Prince Charles was there and all sorts, and he was wow. an ambassador for the charity, and I sang at that. So, um, I mean, I've I've been lucky in the places I've performed, um, but that said, the Hammersmith Apollo's right up there. I say not not bad altogether, really. Starting from seven, getting a part in Les Mis, 
you know, didn't start off small, did you? <laughs> but you know what? I've, I've never kind of noticed uh, or, or it's just been part of my life. You know, yeah. I haven't known anything different. Um, so, I mean, some people say to me, like, why are you not excited? It's more excited by like some of the things that you're doing. It's like, well, I guess it's kind of, you know, I've been doing it for quite a long time now. Um, yeah, I suppose it becomes part of your part of your routine. Exactly, and when I'm not doing it, that's when I'm probably more difficult. <laughs> <laughs> not used but, to it, out of your comfort zone. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's being an artist. There's nothing more frustrating actually than having some downtime because yeah, bet, yeah. you get such a reward from the audiences. And actually, that's something I should point out. The audiences on the video games tour were just so passionate and lovely and. I mean, so many of the um, the guys who came and watched sort of popped up at a few of the concerts in different countries around oh, wow, Europe. Really? It's so, they're so dedicated to um, to what yeah Tommy's Tommy's doing and the music and things. It's really lovely to see. Yeah, I mean, I met you guys at the uh, the Manchester one, and that was a fantastic performance. The Manchester one. It's really good yeah. to hear everything live. Yeah, I was a bit gutted because you didn't perform the Creed at that one, did you? You performed afterwards. I didn't. I didn't. I performed that. Yeah, that was the day after, actually. I know. <laughs> um, you've heard it now. I have. I, I have. Time to, to see. Oh, but you're going. You are going to see me, probably, aren't you? Oh yes. Well, which leads on to our, our next bit of yeah. big news that you have. Mm. Yeah. No. Um. Um. I've actually found out very recently that I'm going to be opening the the BAFTA Game uh, Awards next month. So. Um, that's, I mean, that's really exciting. Yeah. I guess doing something that is involving music and gaming and also London, like it's, it's really exciting, really exciting. And I'm thinking of what I'm going to wear. <laughs> of course. That's the first question. <laughs> what am I going to wear? Oh, you have to wait and see. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you do obviously have quite an eclectic wardrobe The uh, You must've been really boiling in what you were wearing on the video games live tour. That looked it. Very warm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were some interesting wardrobe changes, weren't there? Mm. Actually, people have said that about me. It's like I, I wore three very different outfits. One was a, a well, yeah, it was a latex cat suit. <laughs> um, the other end of the spectrum, I wore a long red kind of ball dress, um, and then obviously the Assassin's Creed outfit, which um, you didn't see, but I did wear for the rest of the tour. Um, but that kind of that is kind of me, really. Like, people don't really know what they're going to get. Um, and I do have these different sounds in my voice as well. Which yeah. Comes, so it kind of works with the different the different looks. Well, um, I kind of noticed that, actually. I watched the um, Assassin's Creed, sorry, the, the Creed video. And uh, it's quite funny because you've got this really big, powerful voice and, you know, the epic song. And then at the end, there's this nice little message of you going, oh, hello. Uh, <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> just thought I'd say thanks for watching. And it's just really, really funny to watch after this really epic, deep and powerful song. And then this really nice kind of little wave yeah. at the end. It was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> so the obvious question that I haven't asked is the fact that all of this has tied into video games. So do you actually play yourself? Are you a bit of a gamer or have you always kind of been a bit into the video gaming side of the world? Yeah, I've I've always played. I mean, I love the music in in general, um, but I don't see video game music being any different to, um, you know, soundtracks 
on movies. Yeah. It's, there's one thread that kind of connects them all. So it's it's music that I've always loved um, and listened to anyway, just because I'm like many people, I'll go onto YouTube and Google and they'll pop up and I'll love something and I'll buy something and it will be on my iPod, you know, and yeah. I have yeah. all that stuff and I've got Tommy's stuff as well. So, um, but in terms of being a gamer, yes. It's it was a big part of of especially my my childhood and yeah. um, I mean yeah my my mum I drove my mum to distraction because <laughs> I, you know would lock myself away for hours and hours and hours on Mario sixty four I was kind of big into my Nintendo Great game. N64, Mario sixty four fantastic yeah Mario Yoshi Story Banjo Kazooie Golden Eye you couldn't prize me away from them um, not to mention Mario Kart um, oh, goes without saying. <laughs> <laughs> um and then obviously when I went off to university it actually was it was quite a big part of that as well just in the social scene like it's quite a big part of a lot of people at university I think isn't it <laughs> yeah yeah so like obviously all the guys would play and I had housemates who were chaps as well so yeah it's you know just something that's always been around that I've I mean some girls don't aren't interested in it some guys aren't interested in it mm. um but it is something that I've always found addictive. Um, so I've so always picked up a controller wherever there is one. Do you still play uh, today? Yeah, yeah, when I can. Um, and when we're in the States, um, the place that I'll, I'll often um, stay in um, has, a, has a console. So, yeah. And obviously Assassin's Creed, the reason why we chose the Creed was because um, my producer is a big gamer. Oh, and right. I brought him um, Assassin's Creed Revelations. Um, when we were doing a studio session and we were listening to the music as, as we were playing and yeah. said this would make an amazing song. Yeah, obviously um, you can recognise the uh, the vocal part in the... Uh, yeah, exactly, that runs through, yeah, yeah, the, the whole franchise. So, um, so, yes, in answer to your question. Cool. So <laughs> what are you playing at the moment? What am I playing at the moment? Yeah, when you get time. I have dabbled with um, Unity. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. Um Mario Kart. Oh Mario Eight. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I still haven't played eight. Yeah, no, it's brilliant. When um when I was on tour in Stuttgart, um they did a like gaming convention before oh, wow. the performance, which actually worked well. And um I'm sure Tommy's going to be I'm um, doing that a lot more in the future and you know, on the tour because lots of the the audience came a few hours before and just kind of bonded and chatted oh, wow. and nice. yeah and kind of yeah just played games really which is essentially why lots of people are there um so yeah i was there trying out all of the um on the wii um so yeah i just as i said i dabble whenever yeah whenever you can basically yeah 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 so we kind of touched on your your kind of favorite places to perform but what is what has been like the highlight of your career so far Difficult question, I know. It was a real honour a few years ago singing, um, I sang the national anthem at uh, the Six Nations. Oh, wow. And um, my my brother and my dad are big rugby fans and lots of lots of the guys I know. Um, so it was, that was a big thing to be a part of because I knew so many people watching and yeah. me and um actually interesting i sang the english and the welsh national anthem okay so that was interesting knowing the, the welsh um 
so I that was a big part just yeah singing the national anthem because it was a very proud moment mm, it's definitely a big moment of pride doing something like that isn't it yeah exactly um I mean but there's nothing better than standing up there and singing your own songs as well so actually yeah. standing singing the creed as Reva Taylor meant something to me because... yeah was that the first big moment for Reva Taylor was it yeah, exactly. It was me coming up with something that was original because it is an original piece of, of music. Although yeah. we, you know, obviously use the main theme, the verses and, and the Middle Ages and stuff, they're all original. Um, and that is something I have always wanted. I think more subconsciously when I was younger, like I, I loved what I did, but I think I've always known that I've wanted to to sing my own songs yeah i think every artist gets to that stage where they want to write their own music i mean you do you do write songs don't you so. i do i do and i'm very lucky as well though to have have a, a great sort of team who are also writing um so i think a couple of my songs will will feature on the album and i'm hoping more in future um but essentially i go with what are the, the best songs and the best songs we have actually are written by um, we've got a, a very talented songwriter called Oliver Spencer. Okay, cool. Um, who's actually written the song that I'm going to be performing at BAFTA, which is also an original song. Fantastic. So, um, so yeah, it's been really great. Actually, kind of the development years um, led me to to meet Oliver um, and, and actually his brother Thomas as well, who's uh, very in, involved in the project and the production kind of uh, development level as well. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Fantastic. Those years really have been worth it. You know, have being in stealth mode. That's yeah. Stealth. <laughs> Fantastic. As amazing as it is for an artist, it's you need to do it. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously you have to wait for the right time and the right moments and have the right tools and everything. So I can fully understand why stealth mode was engaged for so long. So speaking of the new album, how's that coming along? When can we expect to, to see it? Well, I'll well, hear it. Form on BAFTA. Um, I'm going to be back over to the Los Angeles um, where I'm going to yeah, finish off the album. Actually, we're because of BAFTA, I'm having to stay here a little bit longer because it doesn't really make sense to be toing and froing too no. much. Um, so we're actually starting the recording um, week after next. Um, so right. we'll be recording this song as like a finished product for the album, um, which will then um, I'll, I'll showcase at BAFTA. So, yeah, the process is kind of ongoing now, really, um, and very exciting. Um, and I've got a great team out there. They're, they're really cool guys, and they work very closely um, yeah, in the Hollywood kind of film world. And, and you can really hear that in the, in the music that I'm singing. It's, it's classified as adult contemporary music, um, but the soundscape is very symphonic and like kind of ambient and filmic yeah um, so yeah it's cool i'm 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 excited <laughs> when are you hoping to release it <laughs> it will be released kind of the back end of this year i think okay so this year then we'll drive yeah what advice would you give to other aspiring singer songwriters who want to try and kind of get out there and and perform their own material or become such a large singing entity in the music world i would say <laughs> Meet as many people as you can. Never turn down opportunities. Um, but at the end of the day, go with your gut on things. Because 
along the way, I haven't, and I wish I had. Um, I mean, it, the industry is tricky. Um, you've got to be outside that box. It's like other industries where you are kind of fitting to a formula, you know, mm. it's not like that at all. The more different you are, then, you know, the better. So find yourself, know yourself and, and go with kind of, yeah, your heart on, on things. Um, yeah, I think that would be my advice. <laughs> So, must have been difficult especially from being involved at such a young age knowing I mean all you know the image we get outside of the music industry is that it's very difficult to make decisions because you never know who to trust or things like that and I'm not I'm not implying it's that bad but obviously it must be very difficult when making big decisions quite a lot throughout your career well, there is a part of that and that's why I say kind of go with essentially your your gut on things and if you've got obviously a, a close family and things and that really helps and I was very lucky when I was younger because my parents did um, control a lot of what I was doing for completely the right reasons um, and that's very difficult I think a difficult dynamic um, when you're working alongside a label because obviously their main focus is to make a lot of money out of you yeah. and you know to have you touring uh, you know eight days a week <laughs> um, so I think you do need people your your nearest and dearest there kind of keeping you grounded and focused and 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 all of that so yeah absolutely um and it's it's a fascinating business that's the thing um when I went to university I have to be honest I did question whether it was like a hobby that had got out of hand because right. it was you know I was I kind of fell into what I was doing um but it's as I say it's an industry that I have found fantastic and interesting and addictive and hence why I'm fully immersed and back <laughs> back <laughs> in it. and and I don't think it will ever leave me really so it must be a reason you're still still going for it because otherwise uh can't be that bad no absolutely it's um but I think it's because I've, um, yeah, I haven't completely found myself. I'm sure I don't think artists ever really do. I think artists continue to evolve. But the process and the journey over the last few years and some of the performance opportunities I've had have been fantastic. And it's kept me, you know, it's kept me focused and kept me on the path. And, and yeah, as I said, I'm, you know, I'm always looking forward to you know, 10 years from now and where that's going to be. And I think you kind of have to do that as an artist. Oh, yeah, definitely. We've kind of touched on the highlights. Are you able to tell us what maybe the biggest challenge was of your career so far? Hmm, that's a tough one. I like giving tough questions yeah, in case you couldn't tell. Challenge. Because, I mean, there have been challenges. Um, there have been small challenges. I mean, I, 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 I recorded a an album essentially a few years ago and and um it didn't feel right you right. know and this was part of the development phases was with you know different producers and things and then right. towards the end of the process and you're talking sort of 12 15 months into a process you realize actually i think we're gonna have to scrap this because it's be hard really hard really yeah. hard because there's no and I said, there's no formula in, in the arts and music, really. You don't know what's going to work and what's not. But I went with my gut on that. And I didn't 
think it was. And sort of new people who I was meeting was writing for me and that felt so it felt right and it felt like me and I was like you know what it's it's kind of time to move on so that was a really really difficult decision to make and also a lot of time to essentially waste but I don't think you should look at it as wasting because the tracks that I wrote for that I think I will be using yeah Um, I mean complete waste but um (laughs) it's that's an example of kind of going with what you feel is right, but also looking at all your experiences and realizing that all of them can be um, used positively. Well, definitely everything in the past leads up to where you are in the present. So you yeah. can always look at it positively and they kind of were the stepping stones to where you are now. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So before we tie up, what else lies in store for you in 2015? Obviously, you've got the new album coming out. You're opening at BAFTA. You know, it's a good start. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's quite exciting because um, off the back of Video Games Live, like lots of um, agents and things just saw me and kind of heard of me. And um, so there have been some interesting sort of um, performance opportunities coming about. I can't say too much about them yet because um, until they go public, I can't. Um, but yeah, the, the fact that this sort of summer, I'm going to be doing a lot more performing after the album's done, um, which is w- what I'm about. I'm I'm a live girl, really. I do enjoy being in the studio, but um, I enjoy engaging with fans. And um, I'm going to be honest, I haven't always been like that. In fact, I quite liked hiding away in the studio when I was younger. Um, and actually getting on that stage was something that was, you know, I was quite fearful of. Um, but again, I think that's obviously part and parcel of, of maturing um, yeah. and also yeah. being comfortable with what you are and what you're singing. And um, I'm now very excited to get on that stage and actually hear the reaction of, you know. And so, yeah, that's really what I'm looking forward to doing more live work. But sitting in that studio with a fully mixed mastered album and listening back to a few years worth of work is going to be incredibly exciting and I will definitely have a glass of champagne in my hand I should hope so (laughs) (laughs) sounds like it's gonna be an exciting year for Rima Taylor then yeah yeah no it should be things just change so fast I mean this BAFTA thing came about you know last week and I'm in the studio in 10 days time and we've got a big choir coming and you know it's it's (laughs) changed and all go um and that is what makes it very exciting is um you know you don't really know what's going to be happening in a few weeks but (laughs) as I say you don't know what's going to be happening in a few days either everything seems to change quite quickly for you exactly exactly well when I see you at BAFTA maybe I'll be able to tell you a little bit more yeah definitely we're looking forward to it (laughs) so we're going to see you uh, at the BAFTAs on March 12th um, but you're on Twitter and everything, aren't you? You're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I am Reva Taylor. You can find me there, and I'm on yeah Facebook too. We'll be keeping an eye out, listening out for the new album as well. Looking forward to that coming out. And uh, yeah, we'll see you at the Baftas then. Thanks for coming on the Sound Architect. Yeah, no problem.